Let's pray. Father, we do indeed turn our eyes to you. Please help us to to seek you for, for our help, for our strength. Thank you that you are all in all. Please give us ears to hear and hearts to receive from you this morning. Please speak deep into our hearts. Please give me your words even now. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts May the words of my mouth and my meditations of our hearts just give glory to you, our Lord and Redeemer. Amen. Well, Psalm 121. Um, we were actually on, on holiday um, just a few weeks ago on, on the Isle of Lewis in the Outer Hebrides. Um, and, and we're encouraged in the church service to, 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 learn, this, to learn this psalm by rote. Um, which I did, and I, so I've, I've thought a lot about this psalm over the summer. Um, I've actually been re, re, reading a lot of, around the navigators of the importance of memorising scripture, so do, do talk to me about that, and um, you know, re, really seeing the importance of that. So th- this is a passage that I've, I've thought about, meditated on a lot over, over the summer holidays. I did, I did learn this in my ESV Bible, which is what I'm reading a, a lot at the moment. So apologise if I confuse you, because I, I have learned this by rote in the ESV, so I will probably start quoting the ESV when the um, New International is, is up on the screen, so I, I trust, I, I'll, I'll try not to do that. Um, but I, I would encourage you of, of, of the importance of, of, of you know, planting scripture deep in your heart and, and, and meditating on it. So, amen. Let's um, trust God for his help as, as, as we look at this passage together. So I, I think it's so, so important to understand the context of that which we are reading, that which we are, are studying. This is something that I, I always do, as, as many of you probably know. So let's look at the context. Uh, we, we were read, weren't we, the, the, the title of, of, of this as we started, The Song of Ascents. This is called the Song of Ascents. It's a song that wor- it's a song that worshippers would have sung as they as they made their way up to Jerusalem to participate in one of the three great annual feasts, the Passover, the Pentecost, the Feast of the Tabernacles. And this is a song of ascent that as they ascended, as they, they went up to Jerusalem to celebrate one of these festivals. Um, this is, what they, this is what they would have meditated on. This is what they would have sung. So, so with that in mind, it's, it's pretty clear, I think, to see that this is a, it's a pilgrim song. It's a pilgrim song. It tells of the dangers of the journey, and it tells of the help that God promises to give to his people along the way of that journey. So this psalm then, it's, it's a song for pilgrims. And did, did you know that if, if you are a Christian, if you know the Lord as your saviour, then you're a pilgrim. You can read about that in, in, if you're taking notes and you want to do some homework. 1 Peter 2, 11, Hebrews eleven thirteen. You can read about the fact that we are pilgrims and, and our pilgrimage begins the very moment we receive Jesus as our, as our Lord and saviour and it continues through our life until we step out of this life and into, and into eternity. And, and what glories await us when we finally step out of this life, when we finally get home. But along the way, there really are dangers 
lurking everywhere, the thieves that would rob us of, of grace and, and peace and, and, and joy and, and victory and the sins that would, that, that, that would quench the fire of God in ourselves. And these problems that would strip us of the glory and the power of God, there really are so many obstacles as we progress along this, along this journey. Quite a number of us in this church have been reading the Pilgrim's Progress over the summer. Um, if you want a copy of that book, then we, we can give you a copy at the end. There's a stash of them here in the building if you, if, if you want to, to, to read it. Quite a big stash, I, I think. Um, but we've been reading The Pilgrim's Progress. And that's so, if, if you have been reading that over the, the, the summer, um, so much of what we're looking at here this morning flows from that and is in, in, in line with that. There are so many challenges. Pilgrim as he progressed through his Christian life in the Pilgrim's Progress, went through so many trials, he went through so much heartache, he went through so much danger, through so, so many difficulties, as you'll know if you've if, if just read it. But God, God kept him. God was his help and his strength and saw him through to the end and kept his promises in his in his life. So, if you want to read Pilgrim's Progress, then ask someone at the end, and you can have a you, you can have a free copy of a of a wonderful book. But the point is that this this song makes so clear that we are pilgrims. Um, and I don't know I don't know every one of your 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 circumstances, but I would imagine that every single one of us, every single one of us here, has either gone through or is going through some desperately difficult times. I'm sure whether now or at some point that is true for every single one of us. I certainly am. I couldn't have got up here on this, this pulpit this morning without God's help and without his grace. So clearly there's a, there's a common experience for all of God's, for all of God's pilgrims, for all, all of us who know God as our Lord and Saviour. There's a common experience and we're going to face difficulties and God has promised to be our help. If you don't know Jesus this morning, he's, he wants to save you from your sin. He wants to give you a new life. He wants to give you this promise on your life. But he wants to be our help. From where does our help come? Comes from the Lord. And that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. If you're struggling this morning or if you're just aware that problems will come, this psalm is for you. And I, I trust, I, I, I pray, please pray in your hearts even with me now that God will speak into our hearts through his word. So let's join the psalmist for just a few moments um, as he tells us about a source of help, a source that is greater than any problem in the manageable any problem that could befall us, this source of help is greater, is stronger, is higher, is able to keep us through all things. And in these verses, we can see that there is help for pilgrims. There is help for us. There's help for those who feel that they're about to be overwhelmed. There's help for those who feel that they're about to be overcome by their afflictions. F.F. Bruce says of this psalm, but it's the Old Testament equivalent of Philippians 4.7, and I'm going to come back to this passage a couple of times. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What a wonderful promise that is. Shall I read that again? And the peace of God, 
which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So there's three points that we're going, we're going to look at. I'm sorry, I can't help it. I'm a teacher. I, I have to alliterate. I, I hope that it will help some of you to remember some of the points. But there's three points that we're going to go through. And yeah, they all, all begin with S. And some of the sub points, they'll begin with S, S as well. But the, the, the point is that we, we want God to speak to us through his word this morning. So we're going to look at the source of our help, the scope of our help, and the strength of our help in God. So we're going to go through each of these eight verses. We're going to look at the source of our help, the scope of our help, and the strength of our help. That's the structure we're going to use this morning. And at least if nothing else, you will know when I am nearing the end as we go through that structure. So let's, let's look first. Let's, let, let's read, if we could have that on the, the screen, please. Let, let's read verse one together. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Oh, I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? How many of you can quote that from the King James from childhood? I can. From whence cometh my help? We, we need to understand. Here's a little bit more context. We're saying we, we, we look up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? That is not a declaration of hope. That is not a, wow, I'm going to look up the mountains. There's my hope. No, it's a cry of despair. It's a cry of helplessness. It's a cry for help. David, the psalmist, is, is not looking at the hills for help in, in facing his problems in life. He's not looking at the hills and saying, wow, here's the answer to my problems. He's looking at the hills of a, the, the mountains surrounding him in Jerusalem where he was, probably as a sentry would do, watching out for danger. And he's telling us that the danger is lurking everywhere. The danger is lurking in the hills above. The danger is waiting for an opportunity to pounce on the weary traveller. And when that trouble comes, and it will, where can the pilgrim turn to? Well, David gives us the answer here, doesn't he? The Lord is our help. Our help comes from the Lord. You see, David knew that his help wasn't going to come from the hills because in the day that this was written, the hills were places of idolatry and false religion. I mean, you can look in Leviticus and Deuteronomy and, and Numbers and Samuel and, and, and one and two kings and, and many other places and, and, and read of the, the, the high places, which were places of idolatry. You can read how many of the, 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 the kings got themselves into difficulty for, for, for keeping those high places, for having, um, for, for having false gods, places of absolute idolatry in the hills. That's what the hill stood for. They stood for that which is false. They stood for that which cannot help us. They stood for, 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 for false religion. They stood for the mindset of the world, for the worldview, for, for all that the world would promise could help and is absolutely futile. That's what David means by, I, I lift my eyes to the hills of the mountains. But, but the psalmist refused to look at the false gods. He refused to look at the culture because they couldn't help. You can see more about that if you want to in Psalm 115, the first eight verses. We don't have time to, to unpick all of this this morning. So, the psalmist David, he turned his attention to the Lord. It's great, isn't it? We, we, we start off, I, I lift my eyes to the hills, from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven 
and earth apologies i read one i, I did one verse in NIV. i did one verse in esv i trust i'm not i trust i'm not <laughs> confusing you you check everything i'm saying against against scripture you have your bibles open and you 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 check that that's so so important but the psalmist turned his attention to the lord my help comes from the lord who made heaven and earth he knew that the real source of his help the only source of his help the only place where he could get help and strength was god and he's not referring to a friend or an ally or someone he thinks he can some, someone he knows some earthly source of help he's referring to the very creator and sustainer of the universe and the idea is this is this if god can make our world or since god has made our world then surely he's got the power to take care of me if God can make the grass, if God can make the birds, if God can, can make all the, the, the planets and the stars, if God can do all of this, surely he can take care of me. Surely he can be my help. What a truth. What a wonderful, wonderful truth. Our helper is none other than the very creator and sustainer of the universe. It's none other than the very one who stood on the edge of nothing and made everything with the word of his power. Let's look at Isaiah 40, verse 12. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and marked off the heavens with a span, enclosed the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains and scales and the hills in a balance? God can do all of these things. He can help and sustain us. Look at what he's done in the past. He's not changed. He is the source of our help. We won't find the, the help we need in our culture, in the world around us. Our help is found in the Lord. Our help is found in the Lord himself. He's able to help you and me. I hope that gets you excited this morning. Let's look at Ephesians 3 verse 20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, he's able to help you. And by his grace, praise God, he's able to help me. So we've looked at the source of our help. Now we're going to go into verses three and four, and we're going to look at the scope of our help. So the source of our help it's God, isn't it, who made the heavens and the earth. The scope of our help. And there's a, a few points there that we're going to look at within this. Of so a scope of our help. He, he helps those who sleep. He helps those who sleep. He helps those who struggle. The scope of our help. So let's have a look at the first half of verse 3, first of all. It's there, up there on the screen. He will not let your foot slip. He will not let your foot slip. Or in my, my ESV that I've memorized, he will not let your foot be moved. God knows how easy it is for us to slip into sin and discouragement. So, so easy, yet we must remember that he is ever with us and he's promised to sustain us by his power and his presence. Look at Hebrews 13, 5. I will never leave you or forsake you. I will never leave you or forsake you. What a promise. Matthew 28, 20. I am with you always to the end of this age. I am with you 
always until the end of this age. What a promise. You see, we need to remember that the Lord, the Lord has never made a house that fell. The Lord has never made foundations that crumbled. There'll be times when we feel like giving up and giving in. And we need to realize that he has lifted us out of the miry clay of this world and he's established our comings and our, and our goings. And we, we're constantly being reinforced by the, the steady, mighty hand of God. Do you know that in your life? Let's look at Psalm 40, verses 1 to 3. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction, out of a miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Now, what this means to us is that we can count on the Lord to help us along the way. In fact, the New Testament, the New Testament depicts the Lord in the person of the Holy Spirit as the Comforter. The Comforter. John, you can look at that in John 16, 13. He's pictured as the one who comes along beside us. The paraclete, he comes along beside us to offer us help and assistance during our journey. He wants to come along outside us. He helps us to keep our standing in the Lord. And he's always with us. We're told that the Lord is, is our keeper, that the Lord watches over us. We can see that in verses 4 and 5. We're told that the Lord will preserve us. There's many translations, there's many, there's many words for this, but it all comes out of the same Hebrew word. And it's a word that means to watch, to keep, to observe, to guard, to have charge of. That's what the Lord promises to do for us. So he helps those who slip. Let's look at the scope of our help. He helps those who sleep. Let's read it. He who keeps you will not slumber. Making sure I'm reading the right version. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Not only does the Lord know that it's really easy for us to, to sleep, he also knows that it's, it's really easy for us to sleep. Not necessarily physically, I, I, I don't mean that at all, but there's, there's times where we grow weary, where we're not fully focused on the Lord, where it's easier just to curl up into a ball. There's times when we let down our guard, when we get caught napping, but not so with the Lord. Look at this wonderful, wonderful encouragement. He's ever awake, he's ever active on our behalf. He, he doesn't grow weary. He doesn't get tired. He doesn't fall asleep at the wheel. Therefore, there is no need for us to worry. There's no need for us to fret. There's no need for us to, to lose one moment's sleep at any time because of this problem or because of the other, because God is ever awake. He's constantly on the job. He's in control. He's all-powerful. What a blessing to know it is that we can depend on him. Lamentations 3.23 says, Great is your faithfulness, Lord. 
great is his faithfulness. All right, here's one of these daft stories. We don't even know whether it's, whether it's true. We can read all sorts on the, on the internet, can't we? Um, but um, apparently in World War II, during the Blitz, there was a terrible attack in, 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 in London during the Blitz, and through all the rubble, um, people were, were, were searching for the dead and injured, and after a while, they'd, they'd accounted for everyone in their street apart from, apart from one, one old grandmother. A Mrs. Smith, apparently, and had searched everywhere. And, and finally, someone found her in her bedroom, fast asleep. Um, and we said, Mrs. Smith, how can you sleep with all those bombs dropping around? And here's what she apparently answered. Well, the Bible says, he who keeps Israel never slumbers nor sleeps. So I decided there's no use in us both staying up. So I thought I'd just go to sleep and I'd leave it in the Lord's hands. That's a funny anecdote, isn't it? But how true is that? Can we really truly trust all that we are going through to the Lord? Okay, so we've been looking, haven't we, at the source of our help, at the scope of our help. He helps those who sleep, he helps those who sleep. Finally, he helps those who struggle. Let's look at verse 5. He protects you from your enemies. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is the shade on your right hand. And the image changes here from one who's marching to one who's fighting. And the image changes from a walk to the warfare. And this verse tells us that the Lord is the shade on our right hand. Well, what does, what, what does that mean? Well, in ancient times, warriors used to carry two items into battle. They carry a shield in their left hand, they carry a a sword in their right. On the whole, they could have been left-handed, they could have done it the other way round, but on the whole, that's, that's what they did. And normally the shield was carried in the left, the sword was in the right, and that meant that the right was vulnerable to attack because there was no shield, there was no, there was no protection upon it. And the psalmist is telling us that, the psalmist is telling us that God takes a deliberate defensive position to protect us when we are most vulnerable. What a promise. When you are at your most vulnerable, God promises to protect you. We'll never know where the attacks will come from. Sometimes we can find ourselves attacked from from where we're weak. Our enemy knows all about our weaknesses, but other times we can be attacked in areas where, where we thought we're our strongest. Look at Moses, his great strength was in his meekness. And yet in anger he smote the rock that was was forbidden. Abraham's greatest strength was his faith in the Lord. And yet he went into Egypt in pure unbelief. But the point is this, we will suffer attack and difficulty. And we never know where it will come from. But it never catches God off God. He is always ready to shield us and to protect us from our enemies. Look at 1 John 4, 4. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. What another wonderful promise. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So we're looking at how he helps those who struggle. He protects us from our enemies. He also protects us from the elements. The sun shall not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. 
For the sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. In these verses, the psalmist is speaking about, about two possible sources of harm. It's a little bit difficult to unpick these because we don't see things in, in, in this way now. But in that culture, um, soldiers there would have understood this fully. There's two so, there are two sources of harm. One was sunstroke. We understand that, don't we? It's a dangerous condition. We can become overheated and we can, we, we can shut down. And sunstroke can be fatal. I'm sure the medics here would be able to tell us all about it. It can be fatal. But the other understood in that time was what they called moonstroke and they, they believed that was just as dangerous and moonstroke unlike sunstroke it didn't affect the body it affected the mind and in ancient times um, mental illness it was thought to be caused by the moon now i don't like the word but that's where that's where we get the word lunatic from 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 luna that they felt that mental illness was caused by the moon so god is promising here in this context that he wants to protect our bodies. He wants to protect our minds. God cares about our mental health as much as he does about our physical health. And the, the point is this, that while we're subject to attack in our, in our lives, we're, attacked, we're subject to attack in our bodies and in our minds. And just as God is going to guard off the attack of the enemy from the outside, he wants to guard off the attack, attack from the enemy on the inside as well. And when the heat's on, he wants to be there. He is there, if we will let him. He's there to shield us and to guard us. And if our minds are under attack and filled with fears and doubts and, and tears, look at the promise here, he's there to protect us and to give us his peace. Come back to Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So whether attack is open or in, or in secret, whether it comes in the day or, or in the darkness of, of, of night, whether you're awake all, all night or, or whether you can sleep in your bed, be sure that God knows just exactly what you're going through. God knows what you are going through right now and he knows what you will be going through next week and in the weeks to come. And look at the promise this morning, he will always be there to protect you to guard you, to keep you, to sustain you, to give you all the resources that you need to stand in the day of battle. In troublesome times and in wonderful times, we've got him to flee to. Let's look at Psalm 91 verse 4. Psalm 91 verse 4. Under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Psalm 18, 2. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Is that true for you this morning? Is he your shield, your refuge, your salvation, your stronghold? So we've looked at the source of our help. We've looked at the scope of our help. Now, finally, we're going to look at the strength of our help, and we can see that in verses 7 and 8. So let's read verse 7 together first. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. Or in my ESV, I can't help quoting it. The Lord, I'm not promoting the ESV. I've just memorized it in, in that. The Lord will keep you from all evil. 
The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. Look, David's saying here, the Lord will keep you from all evil. He'll keep you from harm. And this refers both to the evil that's within us and the evil that surrounds us. So let's look at, look at both of those. First of all, that's within us. We, we, we're all by, we are by all, we all are by nature sinners. We're born in sin with no power whatsoever to do anything ourselves to get out of it. Let's look at what Paul says in Romans 7:18. Some of you will know where I'm coming to here. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do, I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Romans 7, 18. How can we ever hope to live for God? How can we ever hope to do what's right? Well, the answer lies in the Holy Spirit. Because when we're saved, he moves in. He comes with all the resources necessary to overcome temptation to be able to say no to sin. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation is another wonderful promise. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Have you noticed how easy it is to sin, though? It requires no effort at all, does it? Why? Well, we're born with a bent in that direction. We like it. We, we, we're good at it. But the Lord will help us to overcome all evil in this life if we want that victory. Look at this promise from Jude. Verse 24, Now to him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Now there's also evil that comes from without and it, it comes in the form of attack. And there's a very real devil who wants you to fail, who wants me to fail, who wants us to, to walk away from the Lord, who wants us to try to trust in our own strength rather than in the strength of the Lord. Look at 1 Peter 5, 8. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And thankfully, this help from the Lord that will help us to stand against the devil and all of, his, all of his attacks and all of his wicked ways. There is help. Ephesians 6, 10 to 13 talks about the armour of God. We don't have time to unpick that this morning. There's some homework for you if, if you want to. We could preach several whole sermons on that, but the secret to overcoming the influence and attacks of Satan in our, in, in our lives is to be prepared to put on the armour of God. Look at James 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. There's another promise from the Lord. There's another wonderful verse to memorise. James 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Hallelujah. How wonderful is that? So... Looking at the strength of our help, we're preserved from evil. Also, we are preserved for eternity. Verse 8. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Or the Lord will watch over your coming out and your going in. The Lord will keep 
us and protect us. What a wonderful promise. In this verse, the psalmist reminds us that the Lord will keep us while we're here. 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all of your anxieties on you, on him. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Hallelujah. He protects us regardless of the direction that the journey takes us. He protects us on our going out and our coming in. Sometimes we're coming in. We're living close to God. We're secure in our walk with him. And at other times, we, we, we're going out. We're not as close as we should be. We're not walking him in, in him in the way that we should be. Let's be honest about this. But if we know Jesus as our Lord and our Savior, whether we're in or whether we're out, he's faithful and he keeps us for himself. He keeps us and protects us if we are his Psalm 23, 3. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. We possess a priceless, endless, eternal guarantee and a promise, don't we? John 10, 28. Here's another great one to learn. Here's a promise, a wonderful promise from our Lord. John 10, verse 28. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, shall not perish, but have eternal life. And if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's, that's his promise to you this morning. If you're not a Christian, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can come to him this morning. You can have the wonderful assurance that you've been set free from the power of sin and death and, and you can know that God is protecting you and keeping you, watching over you. What a priceless gift. So who's going to help you? Who's going to help you when the price of everything is rising and your income doesn't keep up and, and, and you feel desperate? Who's going to help you when temptations arise in your heart? You want to step out of his will when you want to do things that you know are not right. Who's going to help you when Satan launches attack on your life? And, and he will. Who's going to help you when troubles and trials and problems just overwhelm you? When troubles and trials and problems overwhelm your heart and your mind and your soul, who's going to help you? Who's going to help you when the bottom falls out of your life and you see nowhere to turn? Who's going to help you when your friends and your family and any other resources fail you? Who's going to help you when you don't even know where to turn, when you don't even know how to help yourself? There's one who can help. And his name is God. And he can help you because he possesses the ability to help. He's the only one. He's the only answer to all of our struggles. Ephesians 3.20 Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work with us he'll help because he possesses the will to help. Matthew 11.28 Come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Let's look back at Psalm 
at Philippians 4.7. F.S. Bruce, I started with this, said that this, this psalm, Psalm 121, is the Old, Old Testament equivalent of Philippians 4.7. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that no matter what we are going through, we can turn to you. You are a source of our help. You are a source of all help. We thank you, Father God. We thank you that you're the scope of our help. You're the strength of our help. Please help us to fall fully on you, to give everything to you. We thank you that you are our help, you are our shield, you are our protector. Amen.